What is up, guys? This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Drum roll with Whitney's Lab. I am Dalton Bach, your host, uh, along with Corey Ann Thorpe. Hey, guys. David Overstreet. <laughs> and Whitney Williamson. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of mom cars. Shut up. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. David has a mom car now. Shut up. No, it's not. I, I, I was driving home it? the other day, and there was this white just little SUV in the driveway, and I was like, whose mom is at our house right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then I drove, uh, like, pulled in, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's David's new car. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Okay? I didn't ask for this, all right? <laughs> Actually, you did, because you said that I had a mom car for the longest time. Well, no, yeah, but yours is a rogue. I mean, you could fit like three sets of golf clubs and soccer balls and tennis balls and yeah, three yeah. kids. And in mine, you could only fit two kids in one car seat. Well, you could fit two car seats. <laughs> two kids in one car seat? Yeah, two That's kids. dangerous. <laughs> I mean, it's efficient, you know, but, <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, it's what we had to do for, for the listeners who don't know. I was in a little wreck this past month and uh totaled my uh my malibu so had to make a switch and student loans are coming so i had to go to the mom car yeah god was faithful though oh yeah he really was it was the whole situation could have turned out a lot worse but it actually went the as well as it could have gone so yeah everyone turned out safe i mean it was it was really good i only had to pay like five like a few hundred down for the car and just i mean the totaling pretty much paid off my other note so yeah yeah it was a blessing and, and you're like you're the total that you owe now on this new car is what you owed yeah so it's a little malibu. bit less than what i owed on the malibu so it's yeah. basically me starting right where i left off with a different car so. awesome yeah so god is good all the time all david the time. just sent us a picture of his total car in a group chat and we're all like oh my gosh are you okay no response we're like well he said the group chat he must well, I was be kind dealing of okay with the and you police. say that i have a knack for the dramatic i was dealing with the police okay i like we were like do you need it, us to come pick you up like are you okay like what's going on no response we're well like, i was dealing with the police okay i like got out of the car and they were in my face so i was like <laughs> but i stayed in the car for a little bit because i was like in shock i was like what is happening but like like i said it went really well so I had to sit on the side of the road for a few minutes by myself, which was kind of scary. <laughs> but other than that, like it was, it's pretty. It was fine. So. Yeah, that was at night too. I bet that was scary. On eight forty. Oh so, my gosh. At one point, I thought I heard like a coyote. I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Totaled car. Oh my goodness. Bad wreck. Worried about a coyote. <laughs> yeah, can't get in the car because the door's blown off. So. Yeah. Well, what is on your Christmas wish list, David? 
equipment that works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because Cooper ate all your headphones? Yes. My dog has a appetite for expensive headphones. And, yeah, that he's eaten four pairs. Oh, my God. Four, four pairs of, like, expensive. When I say expensive, I'm talking, like, $500, $600 headphones. And one of those wasn't even yours, was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that friend who lent me those headphones. You know who you are. I'm so sorry. Your new ones will be here next week. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, Whitney. I don't really know that Starbucks gift card. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not kidding. Listen, if y'all send me Starbucks gift cards, I'm not Stocking gonna be stuff. like, no. Hey, listen, that's a blessing. That'll pay one of my bills. Um, no, I don't know. Mine's kind of like not a. Th- a thing it's just something that I just like kind of want with God I just really want him to change my heart um I've asked him to kind of reveal to me and put a finger on things in my heart that I need to either let go of or you know not just think I'm at a good place and kind of coast there like there's a song by Maverick City Music and it's called Refiner and it it, man that's a bold statement to make but it talks about you know like I want to be put through the fire basically I want to be refined by fire and for you to tell God that, like, psh, yeah. you best believe he's going to show up and that's exactly what's going to happen. So I'm kind of just trying to have the boldness to pray that prayer. I just really want him to change my heart and, and help me just to, you know, want to spend time with him more than watch TV and help me not to think higher of myself than I should. And just, I don't know, things like that. Yeah. I just want to change heart. Wow, mm. Whitney, thanks for making us look so greedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm over here, like, wishing for a camera bag. Yeah. <laughs> Whitney's like, I just want a better heart, guys. <laughs> I was listening to a Christmas song the other day. Uh, not by choice. It was just on. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was probably Justin Bieber since he said that. I don't believe it. Don't no, believe um, it, it was like, this is my adult Christmas wish list, and it was like love for the whole world. And oh, everything. Yeah. I was like, aw. Yeah. Aw, Whitney. Well, even like, just disclaimer, even our last episode, Corian was sharing, it was from Timothy, and she just talked about how looking religious doesn't make you like close to God. And honestly, even just hearing that even now really convicted me. And so that's just another area that I'm like, dang, God, I really need you you to deal with me. So sorry, guys, but I can't keep living my life. Is that how you talk in your prayers? Dang, God. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, Lord, if you don't fix it, it ain't getting fixed. (laughs) I said, I brought it Come to you. Come boldly to the throne. Oh, yeah. I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Do the Whitney okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yep. Yeah. I just want a Christmas. Uh, for Christmas, I just want a camera bag where I don't have to break down my camera to put it in the bag. It would be awesome. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but Three. also what you said, Whitney. <laughs> yeah. Definitely that. That first. Yeah. Obviously. That first. Which yeah. reminds, definitely listen to our episode on greed, guys. <laughs> yeah. We apparently need to re-listen to that, too. Yeah. <laughs> about you, Corianne? What would you like? Oh, wait, you I already... I'm yeah, sorry. Rim. She wants her gang- gangster rims. Her gangster yeah. rims, yeah. And some hydraulics. <laughs> and some hydraulics? <laughs> on a RAV4. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls up in the hood. The worship in that thing would be amazing, right? Oh, I'm oh yeah. sure. Just yeah. blasting some Hillsong. Yeah. Get some bass. Oh, what's get that, some lights. Uh, some of those that, lights. What's that yeah. one like really fast paced song um, <laughs> that was like really popular by Hillsong for um, a little while? Um, 
This is real love. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's just super loud, super like pumpy. Mm-hmm. That'd and be like, awesome. <laughs> you guys might see me bumping out there. Bumping. Uh, yeah. I believe it. Bumping down the street in my Rav Four. <laughs> Sipping Sing. on peppermint coffee. I don't know. Singing about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> don't you're no such a white girl. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I've gotten that my whole life. There's no return policy there. <laughs> There's really not. Yeah. Put down that milk. It's dinner time. It is dinner time. We are done with the appetizers. It's time to move on to the main course. Yeah. Yeah. This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread, and today we are talking about Lust of the Heart. And we are following up on our previous episode that was sexual immorality. And today we're going to be talking about how to come back from fail- failing sexually. Um, and so, guys, I just want to uh, want to ask you, um, kind of like, what's been some spiritual warfare going on uh, with you lately? Like, have you struggled? You don't have to be too detailed or anything, but have you struggled with has there been an area in your life where you struggled with sexual immorality? Um, for me, like I'll just go ahead and be open and honest. For me, uh, I mentioned this in the last episode, sex used to be a vice for me before I came back to Christ. Um, you know, I, I used it as a way to make my feel self, myself feel better because I hated where my life was going. Um, and there's been a lot of guilt that has carried over uh, into my Christian life from that. Now I know that I'm, I'm not to be like, I'm not condemned by that because I'm a new creation in Christ, but it's still a part of my past. Like it's still, it's still there. I still think about it. Um, so I'm wondering, um, like kind of where you guys are at, if you have anything you want to share. I think I've dealt with sexual immorality in a way that's kind of opposite. So I think maybe a lot of people growing up in a church can relate to this, where I just grew up hearing sex is bad, sex is bad, you know, and in my mind, it just became this dirty thing, like, I was judgmental about it, like, I, you know, judge other people about it, I feel like I've come a long way from then, like, I don't, you know, I I understand, understand it, but I came from a way where I was just so condemning just Mm -hmm. about sex in general and just seeing it as this terrible thing. And that is so unbiblical. I mean, God did create it. It is a beautiful thing in marriage. But I think that's something that maybe the church has failed at a little bit is that it doesn't talk a lot about sex at all. So people are learning it from the world. But also... Which, not to cut you off, but that's one reason why I wanted to go ahead and talk about it. Mm Mm-hmm on the show here because I want us to be transparent. I want us to talk about the hard topics, yeah. the things that are hard to swallow to keep with the uh, free wine and unleavened bread analogy. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think the church needs to talk about sex more because there are, there are so many people that go in to the one direction where they have sex before marriage regardless. And then there's people that, you know, I can relate to more where it's just this completely opposite thing where Honestly, until a couple years ago, I couldn't even say the word sex without, like, I couldn't even say it. Like, it just, like, gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like, I felt dirty even saying the word. And that's a problem. That is immorality in itself, you know? Because, again, God created it, and I'm viewing it as this disgusting thing that I want nothing to do with. And then one day when I or other people that, you know, maybe have abstained from it or, you know, whatever, when you get married, it's like, 
all of a sudden you're flipping this switch and it's like I mean that's a hard thing in my yeah. mind even right now I'm working on it with Jesus I'm seeing the beauty of it in marriage and you know everything he has to say about it and how it is a representation of the church in him um but you know it's it's weird going from seeing it as this one thing that you can't do it's bad and then all of a sudden when you get married you do it mm-hmm. you know so yeah yeah, yeah. I think for me, it's just been becoming the leader that I'm supposed to be in those situations. Like, like I have a bad habit of like putting myself in bad situations. Then I'm like, God, oh no, like I'm. But then I have only myself to blame, right? Like I'm in that situation, and I shouldn't have even been there in the first place. And like, like sometimes I fail, sometimes I don't. But it's like it's still like I shouldn't even be there, and it just kind of. I struggle with trying to like be that guy that says like no be that guy that like leads the relationship in a direction where like is respected and like where God wants me to lead and that is just something that is so important like with sexual immorality because like if you if that's the way you go about your business, if, if you're a man and if you, if you display that leadership quality and you also have that self-control, like I feel like the right type of godly women are attracted to that. And the ones that are opposite also are attracted to that because they want to exploit that. And I've just been in too many situations where like I've been exploited for that. And like, like I said, like a lot of times I fail, sometimes I don't, but it's just, that's just something that, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Just trying to figure out like how to be a consistent leader and to, to not put myself in bad situations. Yeah. So. Well, I think that um, in today's culture in America, we, I want to say there's a high percentage of us who have failed sexually even after we've given our lives to Christ. Um, So I think it's safe to to say that we need to talk about this kind of topic. Um, And as I was like studying on this, I I was reminded of Peter in the New Testament and how he just seemed to fail in so many different ways, even after he knew Christ. and so I kind of had everybody like look into his story and read up on him. And the first thing that I wanted to mention is when Jesus like first or when Peter first meets Jesus, Jesus is like, he's given this sermon, uh, like out on this, I'm guessing it's a dock or a Marina. Um, and they can't really, the crowds can't really hear him. So he like goes to Peter on his, he like just jumps in this boat and, uh, he says to Peter, go out a little bit of ways so that my voice can carry over the water and they can hear me. Um, and, you know, like Jesus just steps right into his life, right? Like no no conversation of who Peter is, like what he's done in his life or whatever. Jesus just comes on in, you know? Um, and then after he gives his sermon, Jesus speaks to Peter and he says, uh, cast your net on the other side of this boat. And Peter, the first thing that Peter says, it's kind of bold. It's, Master, we've been fishing all night long, and we have nothing to show for it. Like, our nets are empty. And, but because you say, because of, because you tell me to, we're going to go ahead and 
cast it on the other side of the boat. That that first thing that he says, it just like it reminds me of how I've lived my life a little bit. It's like there have been so many times where I've worked and worked and worked and had nothing to show for it. And Jesus tells me just keep on working. And I'm like, I really don't want to because like I've just I've done it so long and I have nothing to show for it. I've I've persisted in trying to stay away from my sexual immorality and I have nothing to show for it because I keep giving in yeah. in these ways. And Jesus says, cast your net on the other side of the boat. Yeah. Trust me. Mm-hmm. So what does Peter do? He trusts him. And we all know the story. They they bring in this load that like almost sinks the boat. They have to have somebody else come over and help them carry the load over. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Jesus says, follow me. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how he also in that same breath says, do not be afraid. Yeah. You'll be fishers of men. He, and it's interesting because I think a lot of the reason we feel like I can't work anymore is because we're afraid we'll fail again. I mean, mm-hmm. we know we will. We don't like that feeling. But God tells us, don't be afraid. Yeah. And it's in that fear that we make our mistakes. Mm-hmm. But if we if we ready ourselves and we... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think. If we shouldn't be afraid in those times. And we should... Like, if, if you fail, I mean, is the right response to... Yes, it's to go to God and repent, but you can't stay in that place. Right. Because the devil wants you to stay in that place because it's easy for him to go right back in and 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 take over again. So yeah. I think it's part of saying the right thing as well. Like Peter was fishing on one side of the boat and he was saying a certain thing. We've been fishing all day. We've been doing this. It's not working. We've been doing this. It's not working. But when he encountered Jesus, Jesus spoke a different word to him and he started coming into agreement with Jesus. And then he obeyed. So I think we got to get to that point where we're coming in agreement with what Jesus says and we're being obedient instead of fishing for what we think that we want or instead of fishing on this side, this only side of it and the things that we can see, we need to fish on the side, which is where are things that we don't see. We need to to fish in prayer. We need to spend time with him. We need to say what he says and speak the right things. Um, But I I feel you guys on that. Um, As far as like sexual immorality goes, I would say – not so much of that has been a struggle for me, but more so just like the craving and desiring intimacy. Yeah. Because we're des- we're designed that way, to and I think that that's really the root of it. I don't even think it's just the feel good sensuality of it. I think it's more so of just desiring that closeness and that intimacy with somebody. And I think that's where the the sen- sensual part comes from. Um, but yeah, just dealing with that, just like wanting to have a clo- closeness or intimacy with a person. But realizing that that's not fulfilling until you have a closeness and an intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think too, if you are struggling with that, or um, that's just something. Obviously, we like you said, we all want that intimacy. Is if you are struggling with sexual intimacy and and all that comes with that, it's important to bring Jesus into it. And by that, I mean, I think sometimes when we get caught up in our sins, it's it's almost hard to talk to Jesus because it's like, oh my gosh, like I've done this thing. Like Satan whispers to you that Jesus doesn't want anything to do with you. He doesn't want to hear, you know, hear about it. Um, but it's important to bring him into it. And like you guys said, repent and just fill yourself with him as much as you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he's the only one that can provide that true fulfillment, that true intimacy that you desire. Right. And it's, I think it's also important because 
when you fill your life with more of him, when those moments come, when you have the opportunity to sin, I feel like a lot of people would say, I know this has been my experience, that it's you have less of the desire to do so. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when you're about to sin, if you go into prayer, it like flips the state of mind. Mm-hmm. It's like Satan doesn't like that. Like you go to God, like you, you can't do that. He's used to you going to, you know, the bottle or going for sex or whatever. And it's like instead you're going to you're going to go to God. And he doesn't know how to combat that. So yeah. like I think in those times, even like after even before you failed, like just going in prayer like to God, I think it's just a huge step and a huge like sign of humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, in our last episode, we mentioned that um, sin begins with a desire. Like, it begins as a desire, and when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And then when that sin has fully matured, it gives birth to death, or it turns into death. Um, But the point of that is that it begins with a desire. So if you can change your desires, if you can change your focus to where you're desiring God, rather than whatever it is that Satan is tempting you with, then... Like, that's how you combat it. That's how you move past it. That's how you defeat the devil. That's how you flee from it. I think a lot of people try to deal with trimming the weeds instead of pulling them up from the root. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people might try to, like we talked about in our previous episode, stop watching certain things or taking these, like, steps of action, but they're not really asking where that root is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And why that desire is there. And it's not just, oh, my body thinks this feels nice. I want to do it. It comes from a place so much deeper than that within yourself of either wanting affirmation or like we talked about just a second ago, intimacy. It There's a root cause in why you're going to that to, as a vice, um, just as a fix, whatever you want to call it. There's a, a deeper root. And if you don't deal with that root, you can trim the weeds all you want, but you're going to see it continue to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, some of you might be asking like, well, how do we, how do we deal with the root? Like we've repented, we've turned from our ways, we've taken, you know, steps to, to move closer to Jesus, but how do I, man, it just keeps coming back up. How do I deal with this? You have to continuously, like we were talking about a second ago with, with Peter, you have to cast your net on the other side and you have to look at the things that are not seen. You have to speak the word over yourself it says to renew your mind and you're not alone in this you ask god for help yeah Yeah. and another thing if you're if you are listening and and you're in this situation where you've been with your partner for a while and you guys have been engaging in sexual activity it's not too late for you guys and and let me let me just say this also you'll find that when you remove that from the equation a lot of other things will be apparent Mm -hmm. because a lot of times in relationships Sex will cover up. Sex will be what you run to instead of dealing with dealing your with your in problems in the relationship. Yeah. So it's it's a good tool to like just talk to your talk to your spouse, talk to your girlfriend, boyfriend, and just say like, I want to start being faithful to God with our bodies. And you know, if they're on board, great. If they're not on board, they're maybe probably you need to, not the one for you. Maybe yeah. you need to reevaluate. Yeah. And, that, and that's in the context of just a relationship, not a marriage. Yeah. Now, if you're in a marriage, that's a different story. We yeah. might do a different episode for you <laughs> yeah. later. Yeah. You, yeah. Married, you married folk. Um, um, something else that I wanted to, to point out, I think um, somebody mentioned this in the last episode. Uh, there's a verse, I believe it's Paul speaking, 
uh, and he says, and he's like speaking to this church, and he knows that sexual immorality has plagued this church, and he's telling them, uh, but you're you're trying to get past it, you're trying to work past it, you're trying to pursue God. Yeah, you're still messing up, but you're still trying. So good job. Keep moving on. Keep pursuing holiness. Keep pursuing God. Um, and another thing that I wanted to add, uh, kind of add to that thought, um, I believe it's John chapter 13, verse 10, G- or, or maybe it's Mark. Um, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, and Peter says, Master, why would you like wash my feet? Like I should be washing your feet. And Jesus says, um, if I don't do this, then you can't continue with me. Um, of course, Peter didn't really understand what Jesus was saying right then. And he says, well, in that case, Jesus, not just my feet, but wash my entire body, like cleanse me. And Jesus says, those who have already been washed do not need to wash again except for their feet. And I heard that in a sermon one time. And the, the pastor was saying, he was making the comparison to justification and sanctification. Baptism and then like just the, the sanctification of continuing to make yourself holy, continuing to pursue God. Yeah, you're going to mess up. Yeah, your feet are going to get dirty. But that you don't need to wash your whole body if your feet are dirty. You just wash your feet and you move on. So, yeah, yeah you're messing up, but you're still on the right path. Keep pursuing God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep on the right path. You and, may step off, but God is going to help you get back on. Yeah, and with that, like, Jesus wants to wash your feet. Like, he yeah. wants to remove that sin and forget about it from the east to the west, you yeah, know? Yeah, he came to be a servant. Mm-hmm. I think that if, if Peter had gotten rode off the first time he, you know, stuck his foot in his mouth, then we'd all be in trouble, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, praise God. Like, thank you, you know, for Peter being bold enough to really say what was on his mind, but God didn't discredit what he put in him yeah you know what i mean um i did want to share something with you guys a little side note um so whenever you're pursuing a relationship with somebody as far as like the sexual immorality or the intimacy thing that we were referring to i think a lot of people get caught up on thinking that similar dysfunction is compatibility and it's not like you start talking about things you've been through and you feel like the person's listening and they understand you or they've been through something similar and you feel understood and you relate that similar dysfunction and you mistake it for compatibility and that's not what that is. Yeah. For instance, I had um, a guy that was interested in pursuing something with me, but I realized we didn't have that much to talk about. And I've always kind of done things opposite, like nothing super awful but for instance whenever you start hanging out with somebody and you're interested cuddling and watching movies or you know letting affection even light or mild affection take place of getting to know who they are in their character because of the excitement because of the design of wanting that intimacy um and so I was like you know I don't really want to approach it that way anymore like that's awesome I'm not saying that desire is not there but just have a conversation with me Let's just have something to talk about and see how it goes. Like, I just want to get to know you better. I'm not saying I'm ready to jump all into this because I feel like usually we start off on that excitement and then later we have to figure out their character and that's what leads to the arguments. Whereas Mm -hmm. if we would reverse that and not add the affection, not add those intimate things up front and we actually had to take the time to get to know a person in public, in a group setting, Mm -hmm. how they respond under pressure, not texting them every day and letting them become the, the Santra or the center of our mind and our thoughts throughout the day 
You know what I'm saying? Like taking time to get to know someone's character and not letting that intimacy fill the spots where there should be conversation. Yeah. And I, I don't know who that's for, but I just felt like I needed to throw that out there for somebody because there's going to come a point in your relationship whenever we're all older that you're not really going to desire that physical intimacy, intimacy so much. You're going to want to have a conversation. And that's kind of how it starts with God. It starts with the conversation that he has with us. And then we become more intimate with him. Yeah. And so whenever we're pursuing these relationships or dealing with sexual, sexual immorality that we're, we've you know repented of, we've turned from, we need to make sure to approach things differently the next time or the next go around and not let those things take place of where conversation should be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, well, I guess one final thing before we wrap up is uh, if, if we're going to talk about Peter this much, I don't think we should ignore the fact that Peter failed a lot <laughs> dr- dramatically when he denied Christ, though. You know, Jesus even predicted that Peter would deny him three times. And Peter's immediate reaction was, Jesus, I would die for you. Like, I'll, I'll go to the ends of the earth with you. Um, and don't we tend to do that? Yeah. Don't we tend to say, like, Jesus, I'm making this promise. Like, I'm not going to fail again. Yeah. I'm not going to fail this way. Um, whether it's sexual immorality or anything, you know. Um, the reason that I wanted to bring Peter into this uh, this episode is because, honestly, it has a close um, position on my heart. Because there was a time where I was still failing sexually, even after I'd given my life to Christ. And Jesus kind of gave me this this as a model for what I was doing. And, you know, I, uh, I failed and I had sex with somebody and Jesus was, and God came to me, convicted me and was like, you denied me when you did that because you could have shared the good news with this person who did not know Christ. You, you denied me in this. And because I was convicted the, the moment I was doing it, I wasn't just th- not thinking about Jesus. And I was like, oh, you're right. And then what happened? I was like, ah, I won't do it again, Jesus. Like, I won't do it again, God. Like, I'm going to remain faithful. What did I do? I failed again. And again, God was like, you denied me. Like, watch yourself because you're like, you're denying me here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like Peter. By the time, when you deny me the third time, the rooster is going to crow. And you're going to see that, you're going to see yourself in your own sin. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die you three times, God. Like, I wouldn't do that. What did I do? I failed again. And I kid you not, it was, it was literally at almost as clear as a rooster crowing when yeah. I did that. And I could feel just Jesus. Like um, Luke is so just blatant compared to the other gospels when he gives the account of Peter denying Christ. Because he's like he he doesn't he doesn't sugarcoat it, like uh, I heard some a commentator say that Mark, uh, or I'm sorry that John was really kind to Peter when he was giving this account, you know he just kind of like went breezed right by it. But Luke, like just gave detail after detail, and he said that Jesus looked straight at Peter as soon as he denied him the third time, when when this was the most ferocious denial that Peter gave because he was swearing, and cursing saying that he did not know Jesus. Um, and so, like, like, that just reminded me. Like, it, I was reminded of all of that 
the when I third that failed that third time. Mm-hmm. But then that's not the end of the story. At the end, uh, in all of the gospels, or I'm sorry, in John uh, chapter 21, Jesus has resurrected, and he appears to the disciples again, and it's an exact parallel to the first time that Peter meets Jesus. Peter, he, he's failed. He's denied Jesus. Jesus is dead. And so what does Peter do? He goes back to his old life. He goes back to Simon. He's fishing all night long on a boat. Doesn't catch a thing. Jesus is on the shore. And he says, children, have y'all caught anything? They say, no. Jesus says, put your net on the other side of the boat. They haul in all this fish. Peter immediately, like he jumps into the sea. He swims over to Jesus. Um... And this is where Jesus says, like, he doesn't call Peter, Peter. He calls him Simon. And he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter, he's like, he's grieved. And he says, yes, I love you, Jesus. Of course I love you. And, and Jesus says, feed my sheep. The second time, he calls him Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, of course I love you. Third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And by this time, Peter, he, like, he's just, he's broken down. Because, like, he's thinking about all the, thing, all the things that he's done that shows that he doesn't love Jesus. Um, but here we see that, that Jesus has given him a shot at redemption. He's given him a chance to not deny him. To say that he loves him. And to show that he, his failures do not define him. Yeah. Jesus yeah. defines him. That is so good. That is really good. So, like, that is the message that I want our listeners to hear. No matter how you failed, Jesus gives you a chance to be redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. When you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Because, mm-hmm. like, as believers, we got to you know, be careful that we're not living our lives in a way that denies Jesus. It's not just, you, you know, your words, but living your life in a way that denies him. Yeah. And you don't even realize it. But I'm so glad that Jesus didn't look at Peter for his action. He looked at him and he was like, do you love, like, he didn't look at him to see what he did right. He said, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And like, that was enough. Just to know that Peter loved him. That yeah. was enough. It wasn't about when he got it right, when he got it wrong, but to know that he loved him. You know what I mean? And, and that's what Jesus is really looking for here. He's looking for, yeah, you messed up, but do you love me? Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, that wraps up our series on lusts of the heart. Uh, we've talked about greed, sexual immorality, and our own failure of sexual immorality, and how Jesus still redeems us in all of it. And he uh, he replaces those lusts. Of the heart for